0: Get ready because aging starts
1: now. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number five of Aging Starts Now. I'm your host, Tim Takis, and today we're talking about resident rights. And joining us today is Patty Bedwell, one of our elder care coordinators at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Okay, Patty, um, residence rights, what does that mean? When we're talking about residents, we're talking about rights, what residents are we talking about?
2: We're talking about residents in our licensed facility in our nursing homes and our assisted living facilities.
1: Okay, so licensed healthcare facilities? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay, so that would be nursing homes, assisted livings, memory care. Uh, homes, for homes for the aged. Homes mm-hmm. for the aged, and that's, of course, Tennessee.
2: Mm-hmm. That's, that's specific to the state of Tennessee. Okay, yes. so
1: where do these residents' rights come from? Are these, well, are these by law? I guess they so are. Not by they're, by by,
2: they're by regulation. And uh, also, by. I mean, they're the same rights that we all have. Um, your rights don't change just because you go into a licensed facility.
1: Okay. So when you say by law, you know, we're not just talking about, are we talking about Tennessee law, uh, federal law? Mm-hmm. Uh, The law of Hendersonville, Tennessee, where we are. All of them. All of that. So, okay.
2: Yes, really, uh, they are federally mandated, um, and then also, you know, they're in all of the state manuals as well.
1: Okay. All right. And how long have people had have How long have people have had these? I'll I'll call them statutory rights because I understand that um, maybe it's things that. Nobody has a right to break into your room. That would be like criminal or something like that. And that that's always something Correct. that would be a, applicable. But specific to residents in these long-term care facilities, how long have we had these rights? Uh,
2: ever since we've had regulations overseeing the
1: facilities. Okay.
2: So that's you know been probably quite a long time. Sixties or seventies or something. Quite a period. Quite a long period of hmm mm-hmm.
1: Probably, frankly, we don't, not, nothing we really know to get into the weeds about either, Correct,
2: probably. Correct. Okay. Uh, what people really need to know is that you have basically the same rights that you have, you know, before you go into the facility, when you go into a facility. Okay. Each facility is uh, required to post residents' rights and also to inform residents upon admissions of what their rights are. And some of those rights are, you know, you have the right to be informed of your treatment and to be involved with what's going on with your care. Uh, You have the right to visit with whoever you want to visit with. You have the right to refuse treatments, to refuse things. That's probably the most misunderstood of all the rights that any of us really have. And uh, confidentiality, privacy, just pretty much the same thing. You say rights
1: that all of us have, whether you're in a facility or not. Okay, Mm -hmm. does that mean that I have what, Second Amendment rights? I can bring my firearms, you know, into a long-term care facility? <laughs> well, no. Okay, we're going to challenge you here on this. That's right.
2: Yeah, okay. that, that would be a challenge.
1: There's always an exceptions. Right? Well,
2: they're like any of the other public buildings that have posted, no firearms allowed.
1: Okay. Gotcha. So, I'm just thinking out loud here now, or not really out loud, but... Um, So like if like a public building, like a restaurant, for instance, you could post Mm -hmm. something that says no firearms Mm -hmm. in pretty much the same way with these care facilities Mm
2: -hmm. like your house. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. So if you don't want your you, you don't want somebody coming into your house with firearms, you can say you can get out or don't 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 come in here. Correct. Okay. correct. Okay. so free speech, free association, you know, freedom of assembly, all these things that we Mm -hmm. That we know are protected rights under, I guess I'll say the Constitution or laws of the United States, state of Tennessee, state Mm of Virginia or Alabama or whatever they may be. Correct. We're going to have these rights. Okay. So what happens when um, people have these rights and their rights are violated or they have complaints about them?
2: Well... Most facilities are going to have a process for uh, uh, grievances. So one of the first things family need to do is to figure out who that person is within their facility. Who do they go to with concerns and and when they feel like they've been mistreated or when their rights have been um, stepped on just a little bit. Right. Um, If they're not comfortable discussing that with the facility staff, then there are outside organizations that are uh, set up to help them. And that would be the district ombudsman. They're the resident advocacy program that's mandated for all licensed facilities. And they act as a liaison between the residents, their families, and the staff. And they try to help um, just to make sure rights are observed. So there are...
1: this bunch, I'll say, the ombudsman, mm-hmm. they're the ones that make sure that there's teeth in these rights that people have.
2: Correct. They're the ones that are going to come in and hold their feet to the fire, right. so to speak. Because
1: we know, we're talking really a lot of times, most of these people are probably elderly, mm-hmm. uh, not the ombudsman necessarily, but the residents. <laughs>
2: Correct. Okay.
1: Correct. I mean, ombudsman may be elderly they too. They may but, be, they may not okay, be. Okay. <laughs> because you, as a former ombudsman, would probably particularly know about this stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it was a very interesting job. It's mm-hmm. a fun job, um, get to know a lot of people and get to, a lot to, work, get to work and help a lot of people. Right. Um, so that, that's really important. There's, um, each facility is going to have a poster, an ombudsman poster in their building that gives you information on how to contact the ombudsman so that you know, they can act as your advocate. And there, um, a lot of people, when they have complaints in a facility, they rush out and they want to call the state. That's good, but the The ombudsman usually can get into the facility a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's nice to have somebody right there that can come in and quickly advocate rather than waiting. Uh, until the state comes to do a survey or, or that so, sort of thing. It's a quicker process.
1: So really the assumption is here is, is that if a resident mm-hmm. or a family member has concerns about the facility, about possibly rights being violated or compromised or, or something or some sort of infraction, that's really the reason why you have this prominently posted in the, the, the entrance to the facility.
2: Correct. Correct.
1: Because they really want to make this easier on people to know that you can call this person, call Mm -hmm. call the ombudsman, and hopefully you will get some more uh, immediate and maybe appropriate response.
2: Correct. And they also provide that information in the the admission packets. Okay. Uh, Of course, there's a lot of information that's, that's discussed during the admission process, so sometimes that may be overlooked by the families.
1: So what happens when... Uh, when that, say, that call is made to the ombudsman, what does the ombudsman step us through that process, how that works?
2: Okay, well, when I was doing the job, when I received a call, I'd get the information specifically what was going on, and uh, usually calls came from family members, you know, occasionally from residents as well. And then I would go out to the facility, depending on what the situation was. Um, If it's something like, I don't know, um, a food-related problem, maybe a problem with laundry, maybe a problem with um, an abusive staff member or something of that nature that could be a little bit more widespread, then you go out to the facility and you talk with residents. You talk to the resident um, who the concern is based from, but then you also talk with the other residents to get some comparison as to what's going on in the facility. And then based on what information you gathered, you go back and you talk with the administrator and say, hey, look, this is what I've been told. These are the problems that I've observed. Um, What can we do to solve those problems? Mm -hmm. And then once that's done, you go back a week or so later and you check to make sure that that's done. And then you go back again, you know, maybe a month later to make sure that, okay, we did it and it was taken care of now we're just going to see that it's maintained right.
1: so maybe you would go back to the resident and say have you had any have have, have anything else happened to you
2: of course uh, yeah yes. exactly yeah what you about- always go back to the resident right. and let them know what it is that yeah. you've done on their right and,
1: and then what happens then does it like is there a file that's opened and then closed or i'm just wondering i'm thinking from the perspective of a f- facility yeah, you know, is there something that keeps dangling over their heads or is there?
2: Well it's something uh, the Ombudsman keep records on all of the calls and complaints and issues that they've investigated and whenever you go out to make your uh, regular regularly scheduled visit, um, you pull those things up just as a refresher so when you go back into that facility, you can spot check and make sure mm-hmm. that those things are still being right. maintained. So
1: what if the facility does not remedy? You know, do, are they either they're dragging their feet or they're just telling you to go, go New York, go New York, you know where, I should say.
2: <laughs> um, well, I'd like to say that's never happened before, but it really has. <laughs> and um, sometimes the only thing that the ombudsman can do at that particular point is to leave the facility and get additional help. And that help would come in the form of the state and getting the surveyors involved at that point. And depending on what the issue is, if it's something that needs immediate attention, then that's what you direct and you try to, to um, yeah. attack it. From that outside. really was that
1: was almost my next question. What yeah. if it's sort of a like a, an issue of life or liberty or something like that? Maybe you have to act quickly or something.
2: I, I have made calls like that on occasion and had uh, someone from the state in the facility within 24 hours okay but it really does need to be a, a significant issue something that would be seen as um well as dangerous yes you
1: know right um like kerosene in the oven or something or whatever or some, something that not like yeah yeah
2: yeah
1: okay. uh what about situations such as because um, you mentioned about medical treatment mm-hmm. you have a person you have an, a. you have a Resident in an assisted living facility that says I'm tired of taking these meds. I don't want to do this anymore (laughs) Um, Yeah, Uh, It it seemed like to me there would be Does this person really know what they're doing because maybe they're that's why they're in assisted living because they have some cognitive impairment or uh, what, what, What 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 does an advocate do under those circumstances and what do family what could family members do
2: um Well, that's where the refusal, the right to refuse comes into play. And as much as we don't like it, sometimes we all do things that other people don't like, but we have that right to do it. Mm -hmm. So if you were at home and you wanted to, um, hmm (laughs) um, I'm so sorry I lost my my thought there. Um, that's all right. That's okay. There. Sure,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> um, one of the things you want to look at when someone is refusing to take their medications, what's going on with them? Why are they doing that? Is there some underlying reason? Um, I've worked with people that thought they just didn't need the medications. You know, there's a variety of reasons. But you're right, sometimes there are uh, residents who just get to the point where they don't want to take it. And cognitively, they're not able to understand that they really need these medications. So you kind of try to work within what you have. Um, can you reduce their medications? Can you, um, what can you do to improve their situation and maybe to get their mind refocused on, um, not taking that medication, you know, um, sitting down explaining to them why they need it may not nice. work. Yeah. You know, if you have cognitive problems, you know, it may not work, but you have to try. Uh-huh. And then you also have to realize that at some point, no matter how much you try, they still may refuse. And when they do, sometimes that's just how that ends. Gotcha. They just refuse. They
1: just refuse. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. And you have to watch that they're not labeled as a problem mm-hmm. because of their right to refuse. Yeah.
1: I would imagine that under those circumstances, as well as let's say you have, let's say you have your your loved one, you know, your mother, you know, is in a uh, assisted living facility, and people, and, and she has visitors, you know, maybe it's men or other, you know, mm-hmm. then maybe, maybe you as the child are don't really agree that this is what should be going on. Wow. I mean I'm just thinking what, what I mean, needless to say, like you said, is is that our our clients, our older people, just because they're older in a long term care facility doesn't mean that she, they check their rights at the door.
2: That's exactly right. They can right. see
1: visitors, they can have anybody that they want. Basically from what I understand is is that as long as they're not disruptive mm-hmm. you know, and and being a danger to themselves or, or causing problems with others as well as themselves they can do what they want
2: you're right you're, you're absolutely right and i've told um many a child that uh-huh. you know I, i'm sure there were people that they dated in their younger life that their parents did not like and it's kind of the same situation mm-hmm. you know mom or dad has the right to interact with people of their choice yeah. and they don't have to be approved by right. their children
1: yeah and i think that I think we can say as an as an attorney is is that the assumption is is that they are consenting adults mm-hmm. merely because they're in a long-term care mm-hmm. facility does not mean that somehow that should be you know, that's that, that's exactly that, they, right. that that assumption never presumption never goes away.
2: Mhm. You're exactly right.
1: So all right, so all right for the for our listeners out there um who uh, any tips for how to best advocate for your loved one
2: um well first thing you want to remember is you you really need to find out who the best person is to talk with because you don't want to waste your time and then be told you need to talk with somebody else or go down a, a different avenue you want to be um don't want to be so aggressive about it and um also know there are some groups available in most facilities. Every nursing home and most assisted living facilities have resident councils that allow the residents okay. to voice concerns and many facilities also have family councils that also will allow the families to voice concerns. God. So the Those literally the families bridge. get
1: together and yes. and have yes. And And then they
2: can bring those concerns forward to the administration, and then the administration will get back to them with what they're going to do to solve it. So it really Mm -hmm. is just the community working together.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like to me is, I mean, one of the rules, I guess, or one of the tips is, is don't be a jerk.
2: That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. Because
1: the the person that you're talking to is the person that you are trying to Mm -hmm. convince that you know mm-hmm. they should mend their ways That's and exactly if you call that right. person a jerk, you know or if you if you insult mm-hmm. them, you're less likely to get what you
2: That's right. it doesn't mend very well. It does That's not work sure. very well. Mm-hmm.
1: you, know, and needless to say that there are remedies, but you would prefer to prefer to settle them in the facility right with a person that you're
2: being confrontational really doesn't help the situation at all. Right. It just makes it a little bit more difficult. right,
1: okay. All right. Any other tips? You're nope. shaking your head. That says no. nothing right now.
2: <laughs> no, well, nothing right now.
1: All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. I'd like to thank Patty Bedwell, one of the elder care coordinators here at Takeus McGinnis Elder Care Law, for being here and discussing residents' rights.
2: You're quite welcome. Thank you for
0: having me.